It's time for episode 187 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, May the 3rd, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where the clock keeps on ticking, whether you watch it or not. I'm Jason Snell, and across the internet for me, my co-host for all of these 187 episodes, well, other than we were traveling or sick or something, it's Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. We couldn't get Samuel L. Jackson to guest star on this episode, on episode 187. That's a deep cut, sorry. Wow. Okay. It's a movie. There's a movie called 187 with Samuel L. Jackson, so. Okay, I missed that one. But he's in, he's in like, all the movies, so it's all right. If you had told me earlier, <laughs> I would have booked him. But instead, we have these two lovely guests who really make me not miss Samuel L. Jackson at all. To my left, co-host of Remaster here on Relay FM, it's Shahid Kamal Ahmad. Hello. Hello. I can do Samuel L. Jackson if you like. Oh, yeah, let's let's do that. Okay, so it's going to have to be something from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> okay, right, well, maybe not. It's This is a family show, right? Maybe next time. Yeah, you can just drop it in one of the it's topics. Royale with um, cheese. Royale with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> um, to my left, the second of our guests, the chief awesome officer at Unicorn Sidekick, uh, and you know her from the chat room and Twitter as Mrs. Soup. Kathy Campbell's back. Hi, Kathy. Hi. I do not have a Samuel L. Jackson uh impersonation so you're welcome everyone should have a samuel l jackson just yeah. with them at all times like a spirit you know <laughs> watching over you it's kind of unfair to him really but as as long as it's not the capital one samuel l jackson i think we're okay yeah yeah what's yeah, in your wallet ooh. i am i'm samuel l jackson <laughs> ah! oh my uh all right well this is the podcast where we do four things we talk about four tech topics and it's less than 30 minutes and you know the drill it's that's how it is i will uh, go first with my topic microsoft announced a new surface laptop that is basically a retina macbook air with a touchscreen and I'm just curious, as people who uh, pay attention to computers and Apple a little bit, uh, does this make you think that Apple made a tactical error in creating the kind of ultra-low-power MacBook and then having the more powerful processors be in the heavier MacBook Pro line, allowing Microsoft to make what is clearly a, a MacBook Air-inspired laptop. It looks almost exactly like it uh, in, in its place. Is, uh, did my, Apple make a mistake here, or is Microsoft skating to the where the puck was? Shahid, what do you think? They totally did. I think my favorite Mac of all time is probably my MacBook Air. I think it had 4 gig and an i7. And I did a remaster of a 30-year-old game on that on the top deck of a 98 bus in London. Mm -hmm. And that's no mean feat. It was able to pull that off. It was able to run compilers. You know, it had, had adequate grunt to do just about any job. The problem with uh, the MacBook uh, 1, or adorable as some people call it, I promised myself I would never, ever use that term, but I have, <laughs> is that it just doesn't have the grunt. It doesn't have the power. I mean, I've got one. And I could conceivably take it anywhere, but I find myself choosing between the MacBook and the iPad Pro. And even though the iPad Pro with the keyboard is a heavier combo, I end up taking that because it's just going to be more useful, which sounds crazy because the whole point about the MacBook is it should technically be more useful because it can do slightly more things if in a more complicated way. And then at the other end, I, uh, I got a MacBook Pro, the recent one with the touch bar. And it is tough without having that escape key. I actually don't mind the keyboard. I must be one of the very few uh, power users, if you'd like to use that old uh, PC term. 
who really doesn't mind the keyboard. In fact, I really rather like it. But I do love the weight, I have to say. It's significantly lighter and slimmer than my previous MacBook Pro. And I appreciate the power. It really does feel like, well, not necessarily much faster, but it feels like, and I could be completely wrong, and I'm sure there are millions of people out there with benchmarks to uh, prove that I'm a, a complete raving loon, but it feels like it has more headroom so that when I'm running more things, it handles them better. Maybe that's just the latest OS. Maybe that's just better power management. Who knows? It just feels like it's got more headroom. Might be because I started from scratch again. But there's something missing from the lineup. And you're absolutely right. I think it's a Retina MacBook Air. I think it's slightly heavier than the MacBook. Because then what you can do is you can give it a bit more power. It can do all the things you want to do. Because the thing about... I mean, you you say uh, it's like a Retina MacBook Air, but the one thing that Microsoft do not have and will never have is uh, macOS. And that is a reason why I still prefer to use any one of my Mac devices, even though most of my working day is spent on a PC. And Windows 10, despite its massive improvements in reliability and its slight improvements in usability just does not come close. I mean, try finding some programs on PC. It's just impossible. So there, there is definitely a gap there. It needs to be not an expensive option, but a reasonable option. It doesn't have to be cheap, of course. But I would be very happy to sacrifice a little bit of weight and a little bit of battery life in order to get a more useful machine. Yeah, I think uh, Shad's covered a lot of the major bullet points here, but I think this is this is an Apple Apple philosophy issue, right? You know, their their argument would be we're not just in this to make a faster horse, we're in this to make, you know, reinvent this entire thing. However, that said, sometimes when you're cranking up the old car and waiting for it to get started and someone, you know, gallops by on a really fast horse, sometimes <laughs> what you need is a faster horse. Uh, and I think in this case, uh, Apple maybe the trade-offs that they chose were not optimal for I think the audience that is really still there for the Mac, um, people like like Shia was saying, people get the Mac because of Mac OS and because of the increased power that they can uh, bring to bear on problems and and things that give it advantages over iOS and the iPad. And by sort of making those trade offs to get those uh, the the MacBook lighter and slimmer, they lost a lot of what made the Mac a you know such a success. And so I do feel like, you know, I, I have an 11-inch MacBook Air. I've had one for many years now, and it's one of my favorite Macs ever. It's small, it's compact, it's powerful, um, and it has more than one port on it. So I feel like it's really kind of a, you know, a, a solution that I that can use for anything. Um, and this is the similar problem they're seeing on the top end with the Touch Bar versus the MacBook Escape, which is it's great to try and push the envelope and try to advance things. But, you know, it's got to be done in a way that has a reason for it rather than just feeling like you're trying to invent a car. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I think Microsoft has nailed kind of a really important area that Apple may not be addressing. I don't think it's necessarily going to cause flocks of people to go and start buying a Surface laptop instead, because I think, as I rightly identified, Mac OS is the key draw and always has been. But I'm hoping that the MacBook lineup as a whole gets some attention from Apple in the year going forward and that they maybe rearrange their priorities a little bit. Yeah, I obviously agree with uh, both gentlemen that previously spoke. Uh, but additionally, Recently, Apple has definitely um, put less attention on the pro users and 
it's just recently started to, you know, with the announcement of the Mac Pro and uh, the advertisement advertising changes with the iPad Pro versus the regular iPad, they're starting to maybe return to the idea of uh, the professional users that are using their products. So I think it will be really interesting to see what the MacBook Adorable and the MacBook Pro and that whole laptop lineup changes to in the future, um, even just in, you know, at WWDC and this fall and just kind of see where they go from here. I don't necessarily think they miss the boat because it's still Apple. They could, you know, take three boats down the line and still come around with a good product. Um, it'll, it'll just be really interesting to see what decisions are made in the future. Yeah, I think this is, uh, this, these are all fantastic points and, and you covered almost all of it. The only things I, I will leave with are, um, it's a 999 high resolution display laptop. And Apple's high, it still sells a 999 laptop, but it's the old Air. Um, the the MacBook uh, adjectiveless <laughs> uh, 1299 with one port, and the very low power processor. The uh, the I will say the the um, the MacBook Escape, the the Touch Barless MacBook Pro, is. Uh, not that much heavier than the Surface laptop is. So in some ways, you could argue that Apple's still in that game. It is, however, $500 more expensive. So I do think Apple's missing a trick here. I think this was a, a case where Apple... Uh, it, it's true, Apple is the only company that makes Mac OS, and if you want a Mac, you're going to pay a premium. But uh, Microsoft has basically made the, the computer that I think a lot of Apple users wish existed, which is a Retina MacBook Air at $999. And guess what? That product doesn't exist. And so uh, either Apple will consider this a threat and move to counter it, or Apple will just sort of keep on whistling and sell the MacBook for $12.99 and the MacBook Pro for $14.99 and we'll see what happens. But I think it's a really interesting move on Microsoft's part also to make a premium laptop and leave the space below it for all of the cheaper uh, hardware partner laptops and education laptops and things like that. This is this is an Apple product that Microsoft is making here, not a PC product kind of typically. It's interesting. All right, uh, let's move on to topic number two. Shahid, what do you have for us? I wanted to ask, when your back's against the wall, which technology or app or apps would you grudgingly ditch to find focus and time? And how much would that hurt? Oh, man, aside from just throwing my computer at a window, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it probably comes down to social media. I mean, Twitter is obviously a huge time suck uh, and it's always there, always updating. There's just always a fire hose of new stuff. And that can get really distracting, even if it's not on screen, because the temptation to sort of scroll over it and be, oh, what is going on anywhere else um, can be really, really tough. And, and Slack, I think, falls in that same category for me. Uh, I frequently uh, these days, even though I do still use RSS, I've noticed I sometimes forget to launch my RSS reader. And I always wonder why it's so quiet during the day. Uh, and so I, I definitely could get by without that. Um, but I think for me, it really depends on your working style and what you're working on. For me, sometimes having Twitter open so I can take my mind off a problem is handy and I can just let my subconscious work on it. Um, so I don't know that it would hurt a lot if I stopped, you know, if I sort of quit Twitter to give myself more focus. Um, but I think I would miss it just from the, the social interaction part of it. Yeah, I... Uh if I have a project that I'm working on that needs to needs the focus, I just put myself into the hole and it's fine. Um, 
but I would probably say, you know, Facebook, Twitter, that sort of thing, when I have to really concentrate on something that I just close out, um, not begrudgingly, because that's what I need to do to get my work done. Um, so I don't really have anything that I would uh, be, you know, really sad to have to get away to find that focus. Uh, yeah, for me, I would say Slack and Twitter and email even, uh, that stuff that I feel compelled to check is the stuff that I would I would ditch, honestly. Like if I, if I had to uh, work on a project where I knew I absolutely had to crank on it for uh, eight hours and the only way to do that was to turn off all of my interaction with the outside world, I would absolutely do that. I do that when I need to crank on something. I will quit out of those apps. And when I reach a break, maybe I'll open them uh, briefly and then quit them again. I haven't. I don't need to like disconnect them or delete them or st- stuff like that. I can. I can manage it. But that's the stuff that goes for me. Is the stuff that is fun. But um, it, it and it, and it can be an outlet. But it's the stuff that would go. And would it hurt? Yeah. I mean, it hurts when I want to procrastinate and I'm staring at my document, thinking, <laughs> "Oh my God, I, let's do anything else." Now that I finished writing that paragraph, and I, I, I you know, instinctively click over to Slack or Twitter. Um, it, it does hurt. But then you just kind of moan about briefly and then you go on with your work and i think that's that's fine so that works for me i know my nature and i am an addict so i've had to reorganize my life in many ways to try and get as much productivity as possible so for me it's hardcore i gotta delete so recently i've had to increase my level of focus which is already pretty good so i've deleted twitter i've deleted facebook i've deleted facebook messenger I've deleted uh, Skype. I've deleted Google Hangouts. Most of the things that could interrupt me, I've deleted from my phone because that's where I go to to check without reason. And I find that when I'm using my computer, I generally have a reason to check and I'll go in, have a check and then get out. It, it just won't take over my whole day. But on the phone, I'm, I'm a monster. So I have to delete the stuff and I, I usually do. <laughs> All right, uh, that's two topics down. We have two topics left to go. Uh, But first, let me tell you about one of our sponsors this week. It's Linode. Uh, Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your projects. You can set it up in seconds. They have easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resources in Linux distro. You get the power and flexibility you need. Plans start at just $5 a month. That's for a Linux server with one gig of RAM in the Linode cloud. Whether you're just getting started with your very first server or deploying a complex system, Linode can be the right choice for you. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. Linode offers the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support behind it all. 99.9% guaranteed uptime for your server availability. Once your server is up, they will keep it that way. It's great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting a big database, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, starting a tech blog and podcast network, because I use my Linode server for that. So much more. Among the amazing pricing options, I mentioned the $5 a month server with one gig of RAM. You can go scale that all the way up to $60 a month for a server with 16 gigs of RAM. And they have other stuff that expands their storage and transfer uh, expands along the way. Their two gig plan includes 30 gigs of storage, $10 a month. Incredibly reasonable. There are more and more awesome options all the time to meet your server needs. They're offering twice the amount of RAM you'll get elsewhere. And as a listener clockwise, go to linode.com slash clockwise. You will support us and get $20 toward any Linode plan. There's a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose. Linode.com slash clockwise. Sign up, take advantage of the $20 credit, or just use the promo code CLOCKWISE2017 when you check out. Thank you to Linode for supporting Clockwise. 
All right, halftime's over. Topic number three, Dan, what do you have? So Hulu just this morning launched a live TV option, kind of like what Sling TV and DirecTV and a bunch of others have done. Um, Are you a cord cutter? Do these types of plans appeal to you? Does $40 a month for a huge slate of cable channels, uh, is that something that you you want or need? What do you think, Kathy? I don't really use live TV. Um, I mean, that's what YouTube really is for. But I do use Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and all of that. Uh, I share it with my brother and my parents. So we all have uh, skin in the game, if you would like to say it that way. And I would I don't really want live TV. I want to watch the TV that I want to watch when I want to watch it. If it has commercials, that's fine. It's just I don't want to have to wait and wake up at, you know, 10 o'clock at night to watch Saturday Night Live or whatever time it is. Yeah, I am not a cord cutter. I have a TiVo. I have a million things on my TiVo. Um, I'm intrigued by this because in the long run, this is where TV is going to go. You'll just kind of buy your various streams of content and they'll come in. But we're really not there yet. And it's I feel for the people, the people who want to be on the on the uh, forefront here on the cutting edge and cut and cut the cord from traditional TV um, are going to have to deal with the growing pains of all of these services. So I wish them luck. Uh, I I will note that, you know, Hulu, because it's funded by commercial broadcasters, will uh, make you pay extra if you want to do a cloud DVR so you can skip commercials because they want you to watch the commercials or at least their owners do but in the end um i think this is where tv is going so i'm intrigued to see uh all this stuff get tried out because there will come a time when the difference between regular tv and sort of ip-based television completely falls away we're not quite there yet but we're definitely on the path to it in the uk we have a slightly different situation in that a lot of people when they want subscription TV services, tend to get a a satellite dish. And it's usually from Sky, though there are many other vendors as well. But you'll see hundreds of thousands of these dishes scattered all over the land on uh, just about every building. And the property that me and my family moved into just over two and a half years ago had one of these dishes. And we had one at our former address as well. There is a a cord that goes from the cable that connects the dish that should plug into our PVR. We've never connected it. And we have never watched any kind of live TV on uh, on our home living room TV. And I don't think we ever will again. We use um, Netflix. We use Amazon Prime Video. We use YouTube. But YouTube's commonly watched on iPads and iPhones as opposed to the big screen. And I, I can't imagine life any other way. I just, I simply don't have time for appointment TV. Uh, the only thing I batch watch uh, like a crazy man is uh, House of Cards. And thankfully, that doesn't appear all the time. Otherwise, I'd be in trouble. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think in, in the UK, we're finding most people who have broadband are using YouTube more and more. And there's almost no appointment TV. And if there is appointment TV, it happens on uh, Sky, which which is not really um, beamed into the house through a cord. It's beamed via satellite. So we don't really have too much of a cable culture here anyway. Yeah, I, I vastly prefer on-demand television. It's the thing I always wanted as a kid when I was totally frustrated and couldn't figure out when things were on. Uh, and so having it be able to just pick something from a menu and watch it is great. I already subscribe to Hulu's $8 a month plan, and that is totally fine for me. The $40 doesn't really get me anything. And honestly, for live TV... 
what I do is turn on my television because it still gets over the air signal. <laughs> so if like there's something really important happening on the news or a live event, I can almost certainly get it on my actual TV that I don't really pay for service for. So that's great. Uh, sorry, Hulu, not yet, but probably someday. Uh, all right, one more topic. Kathy, what do you got? So we are obviously all very nerdy about Apple and other tech things. Uh, but what things other than tech do you just get all nerdy about? Uh, for me, it is, I mean, nerdy things. People who listen to my other podcasts already know this, like uh, science fiction, fantasy, space. Uh, yeah, yeah. Books and novels and movies and, and yeah, actual space stuff. I just bought an electric car a while ago. And so I've been learning like all the, like where the chargers are and what are the charge types and what are the charge networks. And it's kind of fun to to learn uh, a new a new thing. When I started drinking beer, it was like, what are the styles? I need to try all the different kinds so I can find out what I like and what I don't like. And there's you know anything that is like a learning a learning process where you're getting up to speed about something and learning kind of the details I find really fun so you know it's it's all it will come as no surprise that it's it's all that kind of stuff for me hmm. I am geeky and nerdy and obsessive about everything I think <laughs> everything that interests me I'm uh, geeky and nerdy and obsessive about coffee though not to the extent that uh, some people are but I would consider myself uh, supremely over the top in that department. I am obsessively geeky and nerdy about shaving. I could probably do a series of podcast episodes on shaving technique and how it relates to the rest of life. I could do the Zen of shaving, basically, even though I have facial hair. And uh, what else? Well, everything really pens. Um, that's Mike's fault. Blame Mike for that. Uh, <laughs> what else do I get nerdy about? Music. You know, I'm heavily into making music. And so I'm obsessive and nerdy and geeky about my bass guitars and my other instruments. Yeah, everything. Yeah, uh, most nerdy things. Um, gosh, I, I'm not hardly the nerdiest person in most of these things, but I really love, I don't know, movie soundtracks and board games. Um, Star Wars, obviously, I'm super nerdy about. And I will. <laughs> I was at Star Wars Celebration a couple weeks ago, and my two friends and I won first place in their trivia competition slash scavenger hunt. <laughs> so I think that goes to show you just how nerdy I am about that. Uh, science fiction, fantasy, D and D, all that good stuff. I'm, a, I mean, I'm a science fiction author, <laughs> soon to be. So I'm pretty nerdy about that. Um, and yeah, just sort of general, all those general nerdy pursuits, many of which are shows I do with Jason. Um, you know, the, if it's if it's nerdy, I've probably investigated it in some way. Yeah, this topic really uh, came to mind because a couple weeks ago I had an extremely nerdy weekend where I was photographing a convention all around the Wheel of Time and Robert Jordan <laughs> and uh, took some time out of that to go to the Pen Addict live recording. And there was a surprising amount of crossover between the Wheel of Time and Pen Arts. <laughs> And uh, so I've just been very aware of my extreme nerdy uh, mindset in certain topics like the Wheel of Time and pens. It's okay. We're all we're all uh, nerds here. Obviously, that's happening. Although I, I I I was a witness to uh, at the old conference a few weeks ago a conversation among two avid uh, pen fans i won't i won't use their full names but their first names are mike and tiff anyway and i was sitting there feeling my eyes rolling back into my head thinking this is what i do to people about things i'm excited about that they're not yes so that gave me some perspective at least 
All right. Well, that's that's four topics down. Uh, we we do have time for a little bonus segment, but first, let me tell you about our second sponsor. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter offer code Clockwise. See how easy that is at checkout to get ten percent off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you create a website easily for whatever your next idea is. It'll have a unique domain. You can use award-winning templates and a whole lot more. So whether it's an online store, portfolio, a blog, whatever, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do whatever you want to do. There's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. There are no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of it. Squarespace covers it all. They've got award-winning 24-7 customer support. If you need any help, they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your next great idea. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by just going to squarespace.com. When you do decide to sign up, use the offer code CLOCKWISE. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for CLOCKWISE. Thank you to Squarespace for your support of CLOCKWISE. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, this is the point in the show where we normally do the bonus topic, but instead we have a bonus segment because there's stuff going on and uh, we need to talk about it, especially me and Dan. So um, I started a new podcast on Relay. It uh, it uh, premiered last week. It's called Download. You can go to relay.fm slash download to uh, to find it and uh, i would love you to give it a try it is kind of like clockwise in that i've got guests every week but it's kind of not like clockwise in that there isn't a strict time limit which is kind of nice and it's a varying (laughs) number of guests but it is a rotating panel and i'm trying to make it a kind of a broader set of topics because i know that we get a lot of complaints on clockwise for doing a little bit too much apple so i'm trying to push it the other way and also i'm trying to host it more than i'm trying to be a a a super active participant and i want to show off the guests that i have on and and get, have those voices, interesting voices, maybe people you haven't even heard from before uh, as a part of it. So I, I think it's a fun show. Um, I, definitely, I recommend Clockwise listeners uh, give it a try and see if you like it. Um, however, when I launched it, of course, the the comment I got from a whole lot of people was, Jason, how can you do so many podcasts? How is it possible for you to launch yet another podcast? And the answer is, these are all good questions. They're the same questions I asked myself. And so when we decided to move ahead with download, one of the things I said to Dan and to the guys at Real was I'm going to need to step away from clockwise in order to do this. And so that's what's going to happen. After 187 episodes with our old employer and our non-employer, Dan and I, uh, um, I'm going to step away from clockwise. Dan's going to get a new co-host next week. I hope to be back here and there. I already put my foot down about episode 200, which is coming in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> but uh, but as for the weekly half-hour grind, oh, so brutal, half an hour every week, I'm I going know, to step aside, tough. Dan. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, we will be sad. We will miss miss your presence here i i know we won't be able to keep you away for too long no. i'm sure you will be back with us uh, at some point and we have done this and we have a lot of history on the show um so we're sad to see you go but we are the show will, will must go on and we are delighted to have a new co-host next week which i, I think i'm allowed to announce right now right if you want to announce it now do it it's a reward for people who stuck to the end everybody else is going to be people who <laughs> people who tune out before the bonus topic are going to be shocked next week is what i'm going to say dun, dun, dun. i know i know it's going to be surprised well i'm delighted to announce that our new co-host of clockwise who will be joining us next week is mr micah Sargent, who is a co-host of many fine shows here on the relay network already he's been on clockwise several times he is a fantastic 
super knowledgeable guy, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, working with him for at least another 187 episodes, maybe more. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and th- by the way, technically, uh, Micah Sargent's contract with Allison Sheridan is that um, he has to be on every episode that she's on. And so that'll still be true. But she won't be on every episode. But every episode she's on, he will be on. We looked at the fine print yeah. and, and we decided that it, it's important. It, would, it would work out. So, yeah. So some changes afoot here, but, you know, same great clockwise you've all already come to love and know. We have beaten this format into shape. We might as well let it keep keep ticking. Oh, look. Huh? <laughs> nice, there. nice. I nice. mixed the metaphors. Way to go out. But I, go I found, out on a pun, Jason. I found, I found a <laughs> clock thing there. But before I sign off, I want to thank our, our guests uh, for this wonderful episode of uh, a Clockwise. Um here, here's somebody who uh, is a monster on his phone, but we love him in all other areas. Shahid <laughs> Kamal Ahmad, thank you so much for being on Clockwise. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. And an honor to be on your last Clockwise for now. Last I regular hope. show. Sure. Thank you. And so delighted to have her here because she's awesome in all of those nerdy ways that she described <laughs> and more. Kathy Campbell, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And again, I was very honored to be on Jason's final official host. Ep- Asterisk. Whatever you want to call it. Sure. Yeah. I'll be back. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and to everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to Clockwise. When we... um. When I left IDG, I actually said, can I take Clockwise with me? And uh, one of my bosses there was like, yeah, you can do that. We'll let you do that. And I'm very appreciative that Clockwise has survived, and I'm glad it will continue to survive. Dan, it's all yours. And everybody out there, keep on listening to Clockwise. And remember, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.